welcome to No Page Unturned, the podcast where Christina, Steph, and myself, Josh, go in-depth discussing books, mainly focusing on those written by BIPOC and LGBTQ plus authors. You don't have to read along with us, but be warned, there will be spoilers ahead. Oh, I forgot. There's no more Dorothy. I know. I was like doing some noise removal before we started. I was like, oh, the Dorothy days are numbered. (laughs) Wait, what are the Dorothy days? Oh, the ghost. Yeah, the the first ghost. The the ghost that is the fact that my pipes never turned off in the old apartment, despite it being fucking May. Well, you'll have to get a new ghost. Yeah, right. I I do think one of our closets is haunted because the cat only wants to go in there. And then when she can get in, she just meows at it. To be fair, this is behavior normal for a cat. Yeah, but <laughs> it doesn't narrow it down for cats, it really. It doesn't, doesn't help, but at the same time, it could be. It could be a haunted <laughs> closet. It could also be that the mail comes in through the closet, so. What? The mail slot is like goes into the closet, because the closet's like right near the front door. Okay. Like you have to open the closet to get to the mail. So I think she thinks it's haunted, but actually it's just the mailman. That's actually kind of interesting. The idea that like, it doesn't just go all over your floor. That's kind of cool. Also, I didn't realize that people still use mail slots. I have, this is the first one I've ever had, but this house is from the 1940s. So okay. that is delightfully Midwesty also. I feel like, oh, oh, let me send you a picture later in the group <laughs> chat about how Excellent. Midwestern excellent i can't i can't do it justice oh are you are you excited to truly be a coastal elite now that you're like out out with the the down home folks it goes back and forth (laughs) sometimes i'm like i'm superior to you and other times i'm like this is awkward (laughs) uh i do love the midwest but obviously like as a as an outsider who gets to come and visit like once or twice a year and just be like, "Aw, this is fun. Your plates are enormous." <laughs> Wait, are their plates bigger? Just because oh like God. the food is bigger. Like you talk like like American portion sizes and how they're big. It's usually like Midwest portion sizes, and I would imagine the South too. But like, yeah, the South, yeah, the Midwest. I don't know. It's very weird living here coming from Boston, which was like scrunched up and had neighborhoods. And here Mm. it's just like, we decided this was a neighborhood because other places have neighborhoods and we want to be part of that. But there's nothing architecturally or like thematically different. It's just stuff that is kind of near each other. Right, exactly. It's just like this strip mall is the strip mall that we call the neighborhood. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Like the surface area of cities in the midwest is just so big like it's mind-boggling yeah like like it takes like over an hour to drive across indianapolis like on freeways <laughs> and it's just houses I don't think and stuff is the whole that way. bad but like i mean this morning we went to visit harry's parents and then we did our shopping and it took like it normally took two hours on foot now it took two mm. hours on a car yeah yeah yeah, it's very weird. Anyway, we're not here to talk about the Midwest. No. We're here to talk <laughs> that about... That be a whole other podcast. Empire, which is definitely not what America is. I don't think I know anything about the Midwest now that you, you've mentioned it. Well, get ready for some pictures then. Small children dressed up as eyeballs running a race at a Midwestern AAA game. If any of that made sense, I hope it didn't. 
No, because you have me confused now. Because AAA is the name of a, a a Mexican wrestling promotion. So when you said that, <laughs> I was like, my brain went luchadors. <laughs> it's not that that I know of, but I could be could be totally wrong. I've only lived here for like three weeks, two weeks. Anyway, <laughs> memory of soul. Anyway, welcome to the podcast. Let's talk about sex, baby, between <laughs> your parents, Kieran. <laughs> yeah, no, he's not interested. Oh, it's great. Such such an awkward way. Uh, yeah, no, my, my favorite quote from this uh, section of chapters was, The wizard continued reading while Kieran contemplated plugging his ears. Yeah, I just imagine Kieran doing that thing with like two fingers in the air and going la 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 la. la. <laughs> and like we know Kieran's a little bit of a prude, but honestly, I'm with him on this. I don't know. Yeah, uh, you know, mm-hmm. support, happiness, I'm sex positive no for everybody in the world except my parents. Yeah, the the weird part about that is like, Thervish are not finding it weird, and it, I don't know if that <laughs> makes. I don't know if that says anything about Thervisher being strange or like is there something really sad about his childhood that <laughs> he doesn't have that like taboo i think it's also for him like this it's academic like this is important oh, that's true. for the record and the story <laughs> and so we have to is talk it about it <laughs> i like this this whole chapter is so weird chapter 11 because it's like the the layers of lack of consent are so fucked up. Like it is just a a horrible consent onion because like Theron's the POV <laughs> and he thinks he's consenting, but we know he's not because he's bespelled. And then he feels good about finally getting her real consent to sex because she's not gayed anymore. It's just like oh god, <laughs> it's it's fucked up but but we learned that he kept her gauged when he could have let her go because he didn't want to risk losing her so that's that's another layer really bad he also gives himself magical viagra which is funny that yeah that i look you know what if you got it why not yeah but like poor kieran from Kieran's perspective, <laughs> yeah, that one was probably an unnecessary detail. Thirty. Yeah, th- this chapter sort of blurs. Like in my notes, I have like is Theron when they are like you know sleeping together, and Theron is asking her like to consent, and part of me worried like is he asking this because he's learned something, or is he asking this because of the enchantment? And I'm like, this is all kinds of fucked up. It's, it's weird. Yeah. It's real weird. Yeah. On both sides. And I can't decide if that makes it better or worse. Just like both people in this situation. They're kind of even now, I guess. Oh, well, and like, that doesn't make it better, ma- but it does it. It's like, make it's it worse. Because, like, and ultimately they do stay together. So. The thing know. that my mom, you know, like taught me over and over again when i was a kid She'd say it all the time two wrongs don't make a yeah, right <laughs> yeah absolutely yes like and it, it it does serve to remind us like these are some pretty fucked up people who have made and continue to make terrible choices and like are very selfish both of them very selfish people yeah selfish and like weirdly naive 
Mm. Like, it's amazing how you can be in charge of things and be that naive. Yeah. Thurvishar, or not Thurvishar, Theron's kind of like, huh, my whole family's dead. Well, time to bone. (laughs) It's like, here's what I want, and I'm just not going to think about things. Like, oh. Like, including Galen. Like, your other son. Oh, no, wait. That was Darzan's son? Fuck. Is well, I mean your grandson. Yeah, like, like doesn't make you know, it better. Your sweet baby boy. <laughs> but also, you live in a world where people can go to yeah. church and pray to. But like he doesn't know that, and like to his mind, there's no demons left to petition for any of his other relatives, or they the well, ones can. that are left right? wouldn't do it. He can do it. He could. He's a priest. Yeah. He oh could, yeah. The but fact he won't. that. Yeah, he won't. Yeah, maybe he'll he'll get. Maybe he thinks that he's going to get around to it or something. Maybe, he's like, yeah. great, that takes care of that. I'll just bring back the ones I like. The end. Yeah, I, guess, I mean, like, I guess he is in the middle of the mantle. Like, what are you really going to do? Yeah, but at the same time, maybe not that. He's also enchanted at this point. That's true. Yeah, yeah his his priorities are going to be a little shifted. But yeah, yeah. I, I was. I last time we recorded, we were talking about why i was we're, i was talking about how i hate cariel and then we we're talking about how sulis sort of does similar things to cariel and i said oh yeah but the difference is i like her <laughs> and i was like just being very honest like uh i do think sometimes uh people are not honest with themselves about like things that they like and don't like and they like have to make up an excuse right of like why and that they like they have to sometimes you just don't like a character and then like as i was reading these chapters like especially the carriel ones i remember back when like breaking bad and game of thrones was on at the same time there was a lot of like essays and stuff written about people's like crazy amount of hate that they had for Skylar White on Breaking Bad mm-hmm. and Catelyn Stark mm-hmm. on Game of Thrones and how like the actions that they took were like perfectly normal but people always sided with like you know Skylar White on Breaking Bad you know cheated on her husband but he was dealing drugs and killing killing people yeah. and lying to her <laughs> He's- but then, much worse. You know, people made it out like she was the bad person, mm-hmm. and like people hated Catelyn Stark for you know, and the sh- in the book is different. She's much meaner mm. to Jon Snow, but she says like one mean thing to Jon Snow on the show, and people hated Catelyn Stark. And so, as I was reading these chapters, I was like, you know, examining my own like, why do I hate? Cariel so much mm-hmm. but not Sulis who also you is... mean Senerae? Oh yeah, so I meant Senerae. Like why do I like Senerae but not Cariel when they're not they're both like sort of like the bad guys. But like it, the this whole like consent thing is like a reminder like oh no, she sucks. But it's sort of like a thing that I kept in the back of my mind of like you know, why is it that I don't like Cariel? And that's a good point. Like, I think we're we're supposed to find her morally gray at best. And I do. I think I think Sunray, first of all, has style, and Cariel kinda doesn't. So that that never goes well. But also Cariel, like 
I always appreciate someone who's direct. Carol's not direct. She's like going to manipulate you and get in your head and lie to you. And part of that is understandable because she was gauged and she had to find a way around stuff. And Senere can just be direct and like break your hand if you try to kick your dog. But she doesn't like, she doesn't play mind games with the guy who tries yeah. to kick her dog. She just breaks his hand. It's like action, reaction. Great. Done. And Carol's kind of like, my action is going to be to fuck with your whole worldview and make you not miss your grandchild and take you out to some foreign strange land. It's like the, the serial killers who like kept it, like take kids captive and you're like, I'm your dad now. It's like, no, you're not. I kind of think Carrie wouldn't stop the person from kicking the dog. She would think about how she could use that person kicking the dog yeah. to her advantage. Yeah. Like how, how can I use that? He kicked my dog to now manipulate this person to get what I want. Yeah. Yeah. Or just like, I'm going to remember that you kicked my dog and 25 years later, yes. I'm going to kill every Carrie dog. Carrie will remember this. Right. Yeah. But it's just like, well, if the person doesn't remember you, like, it's kind of like, well, punishing a dog. Like if the dog doesn't remember, if you go up to it two hours later right. and you're like, bad dog. What does the dog, like, what does the dog learn? Just to be miserable, I guess. God, I'm so sad for this hypothetical dog. <laughs> <laughs> but it was the, uh, it was in, in chapter 13 when, uh, like, Cariel is, like, examining, like, her own actions. And she's, like, you realize that she hates herself. Mm -hmm. And, like, Thervishar has a note that's like, oh, yeah, she deserves to hate herself. She sucks. <laughs> and I was like, you know what? If Thervishar thinks so, I, I, I'll agree. Mm. But it's like, she doesn't feel like she deserves to be happy. And I'm like, maybe you don't? Yeah. I, I don't know. <laughs> mm -hmm. It's hard for me to, like, uh, like rationally think about Cariel yeah. and her whole character arc. Yeah, like, Senere, you know for all the horrible things she's done, she kind of has a code at least. Mm -hmm. And she, and it is very upfront about all the horrible things she's done and is doing them in the pursuit of, you know, what at least she believes to be the greater good. Whereas Cariel is just out for Cariel and, yeah. you know, will do whatever that takes, like, like much more, yeah, manipulative. Whereas Senere is actually a pretty straightforward person. And like, there's honor to what Senere is doing. She she was enslaved and so she was like, I'm going to end slavery. And Talia was enslaved, or, I mean, effectively. And she was like, I'm going to learn how to fight and defend myself. And carry and defend others, too. Like, she has a sworn brother, well, sisterhood, and, like, Cariel's like, I was enslaved. I'm going to take every bad lesson I learned and be better at it than the people who taught me. Yeah. Like, yeah, very oh. much so. And also, like, Cariel, like, other people don't want the Ritual of Night to happen, because, like, even even Talon realizes that the Ritual of Night, uh, night has diminishing returns. Mm -hmm. But that's not why Cariel doesn't want to yeah. do the Ritual of Night. Yeah. She doesn't want to do the Ritual of Night because she wants to keep her immortality, and she wants to regain the throne and keep it. It has nothing to do with, you know, the Eight Immortals or Valkaroth. I mean, like, at the end of the day, if she thought Valkaroth would, like, end her life, right. then she would care. But 
It's not because of like what eventually everyone realizes that it has like diminished. It's not working. Yeah. Like. Yeah. No. She, it's she would happily like rule over the like she would happily take ruling over the Vane for like however long they lasted until Valkora killed everything mm-hmm. over like preventing that problem from happening in the first place and maybe losing her immortality. Like she plays like the short game. Yeah. That's a really good way of putting like it. Like America. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like American corporations. Mm. Yeah. Alright, so Cariel is Coke. Yeah. I, I, I found it. it was like Cariel had never hated herself as much as she did precisely then. And then Thurvishar's note is just like, and deservedly so. Yeah. <laughs> uh Thurvy's the best. Yeah, meanwhile, Thervishar is busy in the, well, in the simultaneous section in the past, Thervishar is still in the cave. What? Future past? Anyways. In the, if we're taking them talking about the text as the present, Mm -hmm. then both of the other narratives are the past, right? right? Yes. Yeah, okay. Yes. Cariel's chapters take place before... Uh, Kieran's chapters at this point. Right. Kieran's yes. chapters are happening, like, at the... While Kieran is going to Jorat, basically. Yeah. Because it's and right while... after, um, the events in the, the capital. March. Yeah. But Jorat only took, like, not that long. I guess, yeah, he took a gate. Jor- so. Jorat was only, like, four days yeah, in true. real time. <laughs> four days and then three and a half years with Janelle. Yeah. Well, later chapters that we read uh, take place after Name of All Things. Yes. In this series of chapters. Right. But right now, where we're talking about right now. Yeah. Uh, ter- that, that makes me think about, like, man, they were hanging out for a while. Uh, <laughs> Car- Cariel and... But that... Uh, hmm. Yeah, there, there, that. like, there is a bit of a montage bit in these chapters where... Theron talks about how, you know, she's busying herself, uh, preparing for her rule and teaching him, uh, vor- voral, voral? Is that the language? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, but, so- but you bring up, no, you, br- you brought up a good point of, I forget that the whole storytelling of Name of All Things and then the, what happened with, uh, Boreos, that was like a day. Yeah. <laughs> Mm-hmm. Yeah, and then they, at the beginning of this book, they get zapped immediately to, uh, like the current events. So, yeah, yeah. Oh my God, Kieran has had such a, Kieran and Janelle have had such a like four years and a day. It's been a crazy week for them. It's been yeah, it's been real tiring. Yeah, yeah. Like like Thurfishar and Tareth just met. Yeah, that's fucked up. Like just met. <laughs> She explains why they're not interacting that much. Yeah. Oh, speaking of Terry, we get a uh, Morgage physiology lesson. Yeah, we talked about this last time. <laughs> so I guess that was spoilers, but yeah. now you were prepared for the yeah. interesting gender concepts. It's of... going to be a lady one day. Yep. If he they wants think. To. If he wants. Yeah. It, it, they, they don't exactly mention if it's something that like, or later in the book, I think they talk about how you can make the switch whenever you want. Uh, after a certain yeah. point so i wonder if you can hold it off i think it's like um 
the Morgagi are like a branch off of um, the Vane. I thought they like, were Voromir. The Vor- Voromir, right? Because um, I think I think the branch because Mesra is Voromir. So oh yeah, Terraith is half Voromir. Hmm. But, but the Vane can half. change their gender whenever they want. Yeah, yeah. It just takes a long time, mm. but for the Morgage, it it seems like a thing that they it just naturally happens as you age. Mm-hmm. So Terraith is in the position of probably him being is he fifty fifty Vormir and Vane? I think so. Yeah, because his yeah. dad's mm-hmm. Terrandel. So maybe that gives him a little more control over it. Maybe. Yeah. I don't think he knows necessarily, and so I think that's causing some of the hissy fitting. Mm. There is a bit later, and I think it's the... I'll probably cut this out, because I think it's this book, but I don't remember. It might be book four. where Yeah, I think it is this book, where, like, somebody is trying to convince Terraith to marry Kieran, because then they could have the Vane thrones and oh that's this book yeah that, that is this book yeah and they're like you know you could just become a or he's like well we were two men we can't have kids and they're like you could just become a woman like right now I think it's Cariel actually yeah I think it's actually Cariel that does that, that sounds about right for her honestly yeah. yeah yeah I think yeah anyways we'll we'll get to that Therishar also I don't know was this revealed already that he was half dressed because he like yeah. he, he, he knows the natural direct like uh, direction of uh, you know north south east west. Yeah, I like can't remember if that dressed. was something that was in like the footnotes of book one. It might have been because there was a was. bit about do you remember? There's that chapter where they're walking around in the dark. Yeah, and and I think there was a footnote where he was like, "Of course I can see in the dark. I'm half dressed or something like that." I yeah, because yeah. I think the way it goes down in this chapter is it's not him telling kieran that he's half draft it's him reminding kieran that he's half draft because the way kieran reacts is like oh yeah i forgot about that yeah like he doesn't directly say mm. that but it, the way it comes off i think it comes up when kieran hears them talking about santis's wife when oh, who, yeah, who died yeah. um yeah in the first book yeah. anyway well, she did. She died off screen yeah. before the first book, but you know what I mean. Anyway, anyway, it's very helpful yeah. when they're going through the tunnels and trying mm-hmm. not to get eaten it's or like squeezed underground city thing, highway system. Yeah, full of tentacles because yeah. naturally, yeah, I mean, a desert should be full of tentacles. Oh yeah, there was a great say. line where it said, uh, "This look." So the yeah, they fight this like sand kraken thing. And it says, this looked like some mad god had taken an octopus and modified it for a life in the desert. And, like, I get, maybe. <laughs> like, that just could have happened. <laughs> yeah. I would eat sand kraken. I completely forgot that there were sand kraken. The, this book is, like, is, like, the perfect embodiment of, like, trying to escape 2016 and then how everything is always 2016 it's just kind of like that there's just so many horrible things one after another you're like oh yeah i forgot that like this horrible thing happened like i forgot there are sand kraken just so many other <laughs> terrible monsters oh the, yeah the sand kraken immediately made me think of zelda boss like find the glowing uh, spot yeah, yeah. Yeah. and hit it <laughs> 
Well, there was there. I think there were sand equivalents cracking and some of the Zelda. I don't know. No. This is not a Zelda podcast. It could be. <laughs> <laughs> it could be us, but you playing. I love when, I love Thurvishar's notes when he gets snatched by the sand kraken where like this is where Thurvishar takes off his academic hat because Kieran says he screams and then he's like <laughs> it was more of a manly belt yes. <laughs> yeah and then he does some cool sand to glass magic on it and it's rad mm. as fuck yeah, that was that was dopeness mm-hmm. turned up to ten. Yeah, so that was yeah. nice. And and like we haven't really get to see other like we haven't seen Thurvishar do well at all and do much since kind of like the end of book one in the mm-hmm. arena fight. So you know it's cool to like see him do some dope magic because he is a, he is a very powerful wizard. Uh, he also manages to stab himself accidentally. But he is that a very, very powerful funny. wizard. Yeah. He just, uh, I, lo- I, I know that was bad, it's but I was he like, stabbed. <laughs> he just, I was he's like, the passive voice. <laughs> There's a stabbing. Yeah. We're not gonna. And he's like too polite here. to bring it up. Yeah, <laughs> it's like, well, we have more important things. Yeah, which is like a depressing commentary on how little he values himself because of his upbringing, but also mm-hmm. funny. It's a fine line. Yeah. Trauma and humor. Mm. And Therese continues to act like weirdly aggressive with with uh, Janelle. God, these two. I forgot how like just shitty towards each other they are in the first part of this book. And he blames it on her remembering their past life together, but that no. Everybody mm. else is like, no, dude, you're fucking it up all on your own. Yeah, there's a, 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 I think it's in 16, where he's, like, yelling at her about running and fighting mm. the dragon, or, like, oh, no, it's her, it's when he, she starts using her strength, mm. and he, and he says to her, that was risky, even for your standards, and, like, even including everything that has happened in name of all things, you barely know her. What the hell do you mean by that? Yeah, and then she also like drops like the thing. She says, "You know what? Actually, I am remembering some things from my past life, and I remember that Morgage respects strong women, and so that was the only way to get them on our side." Fuck you. Yeah. This is also the the first instance of anyone calling Thervishar thurvy yeah and he he was not pleased no (laughs) oh that's great talon's back hell yes so excited okay so in 15 couple a couple notes from this chapter so back in i think it was it was book one or two relisvar mentions at some point that he's off to meet his like vane friend and it's cariel and turns out that these two have been kind of working together for a while. Uh, and then he drops a bunch of exposition on her about, like, Kieran's alive and here's what's been happening. And blah, 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 blah. and then Talon shows up, who is not dead, and also wants to stop the Ritual of Night. And I'm very happy to have her back because, uh, speaking of problematic faves, <laughs> she's a great character. 
Okay, but I don't want to skip over the Relisvar part, because this is one of the rare instances where Relisvar is completely in the right about this. He's, like, talking about how enchantments can't erase. Mm, I, it was like, I thought right. it was a great little mm. tidbit yeah. where he's, like, enchantments can't erase trauma. And that's a good, like, way to, in your, you know, fantasy book, be like, you know, this isn't a, you know, catch-all mm cure for you know mental illness or trauma in a book like you can't just magic it away mm-hmm. and like, <laughs> he's like you're making a mistake this is gonna bite you in the mm. ass and i'm like sick of my friends making the same mistakes mm. over and over again and you know it's not often after this we get um you know, points where we're like, what if Relisvar is right? But this is the one of like this is one of them where we really question whether he's as you know in the wrong. As, like it puts that little bit of doubt mm. about him by you know having this like reasonable moment. Uh, and he has like he has this great line. He says, um, "The fickle whims of a tragic farce," and I was like, okay. I like maybe I like Relisvar. I don't know. It's like that that Onion article. The worst person you know just made a really good point. Mm-hmm. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. It's also it's so painful to watch him be right to Cariel too. Oh, cause right. like, cause, oh, because and... when he shows up, he's like, "Your Majesty," Ugh. you know, and it should be so obvious that he is manipulating her, and she's like, "Teehee, oh you." Ooh. She's like she's flattered by it, and she should know better than anyone that that is not real. And it is so it's it's a little bit pathetic for her to like. She so wants to be queen, which is like this meaningless like title compared to what's going on in the world. And Volkaroth is here, and Relisvar knows it, and he's just like, you know, he's just flattering her, and she immediately falls for it. Right on. It's like, right yeah. on. like girl, what are you doing? And this is a chapter that we now know this is after Name of All Things because Relisvar, mm-hmm. she like points out that Relisvar looks more haggard than everything and it like than he's ever looked because he, he was just a dragon fighting Morios. And then he mentions, you know, Valkoroth is awake, so... That's how we know, right. like, that's like the, like, the writer's trick of, like, here, I'm putting, I'm telling you where this is in the timeline. Mm. And he almost gives away that Sandus was his son here. Yes! Yeah. <laughs> that was good. <laughs> but yeah, then, then we get the return of Talon. Mm-hmm. And, and I, I th- guess wasn't in the second book at all, now that I think about yeah. it. Yeah. Well, the only hint we got that she wasn't dead was one of the paragraph starters where it was like two days after Tareth failed to kill a mimic or something. That was the only mm-hmm. indicator that we had that she was even alive. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I think this is also where we learned that mimics uh, came from Vane, were made from Vane. I think, yeah, yeah. I think that. Yeah. Intriguing. And they're like, well, it's the same principle, but taken to a million, yeah. which is interesting. Um, it's not like some horrible project gone awry. It was just somebody who was like, I'm going to do this too many times. Mm. It's just like you drink eight Mountain Dews and then you see time. <laughs> and then you puke. 
Yeah. A mound is a lot. That is it's that disgusting. Would kill me. That would give me a heart attack. Well, I mean, that's kind of how I envision Nimix. It's just like just the most chemically, just just so many Red Bulls right in a row. <laughs> oh God! So many Neat. brains, one after another. But you know, Cariel does another dumb thing, which turns out to like whether or not it turns out to be a dumb thing is kind of immaterial because she does another dumb thing and she lets Talon convince her to join her. Just like, <laughs> how dumb are you? God. Uh, Mimic, uh, bad news. Also, Mimic, who like previously ate your handmaiden and like set off this whole chain of events. Yeah. Just, just terrible choices all around. Just, if you gave Cariel a bad choice or a cookie, she would somehow still make the bad choice. <laughs> But wait, isn't she? It, she is the handmaiden, though. Oh, she didn't right. Eat the handmaiden. Wait, how does that She work? got the handmaiden got switched with a mimic. Yeah, with right. With the stone right, of shackles. Right. right. In as much as Talon is anybody, so Talon is not is not the hand. The Talon is the handmaiden in a mimic's body. Yeah, like the base personality is Lyrilin, as opposed to it was a male before. Yeah. 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 But but he's still in there. Kind of. Yeah. Cause, and, and there's a bunch of other people in there too, which was always the problem. Yeah. So. Mimics man. You're right, but also, she's still nuts. Yeah. It's still a bad idea. Yeah. Like, <laughs> terrible, completely untrustworthy. I thought you were going to say the dumb decision was uh, using the same magic on. Uh, on Talon that she used on Theron that's sort of like and then she looks over at Theron and realizes oh he might remember if I keep doing this because she's using like the wind magic mm -hmm. to ho hold Talon up and there was a funny moment where it's like Talon was like wee <laughs> oh, and yeah. Thervishar has a note like I totally believe this happened <laughs> but then she looks over at Theron and he's like Sort of like holding his head mm. and like acting strange, and she's like, "Uh oh, like I better stop." Blood this. coming out of one nostril, like, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Although, you know, in in this book and the common anime parlance, it could just be because he has an erection. Fair, fair. I know it could be both, honestly. What? Yeah, that's true. He too. has a wind magic fetish. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> as part of his like. Getting over his trauma. Yeah. <laughs> oh no. So oh, no. you know, Valathia also shows up. Oh yeah. Um, so Relisvar gives her, uh, gives Cariel Valathia, who is who? Yes, is a harp. A person is a harp. Mm -hmm. Um, and you know, much in the way that the cool guy gives a follower his like acoustic guitar to hold. <laughs> During like a jam session, and she's like, "Ooh, yay!" Things His go bad as well after that. Is yeah, just just so many good choices here. Um, she's I'm still like, unclear Great. about the path of where Vudvalthia took. Like, so the the monks Griffin Bed took her, right? Yeah, Griffin yeah. Man, I think who was the um, the voice Carawan of the yeah grabbed her. And, and then Ralosvar stole it from Carawan. Yeah, just gave it to him. I don't. I forget. I think Carawan's working for Ralosvar, but I'm not sure yeah, we know that yet. 
Yeah, so I mean, like, you know, I think obviously all the way back in book one, I think we all knew that Valathia was not just a harp. Mm-hmm. But now we definitely get this bigger sense of like, okay, this this harp is important. And also they're talking about it like it's a person. So, yeah. yeah. I still don't think I understood the importance of the harp at this point, like first time through. Oh, God, no. No. I don't. I I don't think I thought it was a person. I think I just thought that it was like magic, or maybe had like a soul attached to it, or something, but not in a way that like they're gonna chuck it in a in a well, and a, and a lady's gonna come out. Yeah, I definitely thought it was like a person, but not. Yeah, exactly. We also get the you know Relisfar does the title drop. Where he's like, souls never lose memories. And I'm like, there's a title there right there. Is. Air horn, we got air it. Horn. Memory of souls. We did it. Yeah. Book done. <laughs> because the first two books have objects that the book is named after. That's true. This yeah, book does that's not. True. So you gotta yeah. you gotta get the title name in there, Ooh. you gotta sprinkle it in somehow. Who better than Rel Svar to put, point it out? Memory of Souls, boom. Hell yeah. Then Relisvar turns to the camera and is like, (laughs) (laughs) He would. He would, Mm -hmm. yeah. So, on on Cariel goes, um, mounted on what sound like the greatest things ever, which is iguana horses. Yes! I really want one. And they, they, they move vertically as well as horizontally across distances uh which is just about the coolest thing uh and immediately start causing issues just just they just walk into a town and they're like oh look demons yeah unclear that a demon that knows theron what that that was like funny so weird it was like running into somebody you went to college with (laughs) But there are 8 million people in New York. Why are we both in Korea town? <laughs> Which has happened to me multiple times. And he, and he, like, can't remember the demon's name. He says, like, the wrong name. He says, like, Fizzbar. <laughs> and, and the demon is like, no, it's Bezagor. And Theron, Theron, I think Theron literally says whatever. <laughs> Hilarious. Yeah, like, this is just, like, more, like... I want this prequel novel. Like, how the fuck? So badly. Like, what? <laughs> so badly. Oh, man. I did I did put a note here. I just... <laughs> rolling through the jungle. Fuck, I want a vacation. <laughs> it doesn't really I sound wish... like a super pleasant place to be. It sounds really hot and humid, but I was like, ooh, tropical. <laughs> so, yeah, this... this demon in a white mask and a sword shows up and then also fights the other demon and it's very confusing and they they go into this the well thing and teleport? Yeah, I think it's like a I don't think that's the well of yeah. spirals, right? Yeah. The well of spirals is something different. It's like this a fast travel portal. I do like that when the demons show up the like, the Manalvani like look at Cariel and she's like this isn't me. <laughs> I didn't do this. I know how this looks, but... I don't know if I believe her. I think Mm. probably it's not her fault. She doesn't seem like the type to fuck with demons, but also she could do something dumb by accident. Fair. But if she she could 
summon demons to use as a distraction, she probably would. She <laughs> would, like, yeah. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Yeah, I think it, I, we do learn some interesting things. First of all, that, like, demon attacks on the Vanal, very rare. Everyone is a lot more prepared to deal, deal with them, and, like, there are guards who actually do their jobs instead of just, like, God knows what the guards are doing in the capital. Um, and uh, it's all very organized, and then... We also learn that the mantle is way more connected than we thought. Oh yeah, yes. too. It's like it's like right underneath the. It's like in the empire, but they but they don't know that it's in the empire. Yeah, because we also hear about the barrier roses. Yeah, you yeah. you cannot make a gate into the mantle. It's all protected. Yeah, Carol has like some line about. Like, did you really think we were going to leave because you won some, like, made-up war? Like, <laughs> we'll just hide. Yeah. Not, not even that well. You'll you'll know where we are at all times. We're just going to be sticking our fingers out. Mm. The the barrier roses also come up in the next chapter uh, when Thervishar once again tries to be a cool wizard and fucks <laughs> it up. He's just... Not Thurvishar. I swear I'm good at gates, you guys. I'm normally good for this. <laughs> oh, yeah, and he talks about how difficult it is to make a gate. Oh, no, how difficult it is to be, like, as powerful mm. enough to, like, make a gate without a gate stone. Yeah, right. like, very like, few people He emphasizes how big of a deal that is, yeah. which, like, I forgot. I was like, oh, I, Thurvi, mm-hmm. you can do this. Yeah, because we run around with, like, incredibly powerful wizards most of the time. Like mm. it, right. there's probably and, and like so. there, yeah, there's probably like a dozen people in Kerr who can do. It. I think he even says like there's only like a dozen people in Kerr who could like make a gate unaided. Right. Actually, backtracking from that a little bit, let's talk about uh, the well, they they have had a terrible time in the 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 tunnels of despair. Uh, they have <laughs> the kind of the one night where they all kind of like talk and uh, and cuddle and Kieran and Tere flirt. Mm-hmm. And almost they, they almost kiss. And almost kiss, and then Kieran kind of freaks out, and then this uh, Janelle has her first nightmare in like ten years. Uh, and then this is where my notes uh, autocorrected to teeth sticks his foot in his mouth again. <laughs> <laughs> oh, and then my next note about boner bros. <laughs> I also have boners. This is a, yeah, mouth. like this is the bit where like Thervishar is like. Wait, I can't talk about your parents having sex, but you can talk about how you and Tareth woke up with boners, like with Morningwood together. <laughs> like, yeah, I have. Uh, it says boners in my notes, and this is dick touching because I just imagine <laughs> them facing each other and just like waking just up touching, touching tips. Yeah, and uh, and Karen thinks Tareth only wants to fuck him, which is, is no. not the I, I your you sweet summer child, Karen. He's, I don't think he really thinks it. I think he's in denial. That's true. He is. Yeah. Kieran's in denial about a, a lot of things regarding Tareth, so. I would like to backtrack even more than that because something I brought up in the in our group chat Soul Sailcloth and Cold Clam Broth are terrible <laughs> rhymes for Valkaroth. <sighs> and I was like, you two are. You are a minstrel! Yeah! <laughs> like, Tareth, I understand. Hmm. But Karen, 
You should have been better. Yeah. <laughs> but I get it. You're in a tunnel. What would you were previously think? a sun god. You probably don't like tunnels. But still. I'm drawing a Do line. better. No, yeah, they have a they have a terrible time emotionally and physically and eventually end up at the top of a waterfall when it turns out Janelle can't swim. I can't believe how dumb Tarith is in that moment where like Janelle wakes up. It's also really great how Janelle wakes up from her nightmare and only Janelle who goes into the afterlife could be like, oh, what a treat, a nightmare. (laughs) But then Tarith is like, after just having a conversation about him treating like Janelle like a child proceeds to further treat her like a child. <laughs> it I'm like you you are Bro. This is not the Tere from book one that was so smooth mm. with women on uh what's the name what's the name of the Inistana. island? Yeah, no, he he totally yeah. screws up here all the time. Mm-hmm. It definitely it definitely has like first crush vibes yeah it definitely was like that scene in avatar where they're also trapped in tunnels and he's like i'd rather kiss you than die what <laughs> just like oh you're 12 like, oh buddy <laughs> you you've never dealt with a person like this before have you which is weird because he kind of has like his his sexual and romantic partners were not wilting flowers yeah. they were other assassins mm-hmm. like i think the, he didn't treat any of them like the jorties of it all is like the special sauce in this yeah. scenario. Cause yeah. Cause like he's, he wants to be in charge and she's like, fuck you. I'm in charge. But Janelle does like, she doesn't look like the way she's described. She doesn't look like a wilted flower either. Like I just, Janelle's like at this point, she was already like had magical strength when she was 16, but four years have passed and she's been, she was training with, um, Oh my god, I can't. Sulis? <laughs> no, the um Oh, oh, um Javon. Yeah. So she's probably like buff at like mm. and got that like lean oh, yeah. muscle going. So I don't know. Terath is like hard to like in these <laughs> chapters. It just it's like, oh dude, read the room. I think he's also like compensating for the fact that he clearly senses something between Kieran and Janelle, though, I mean, there uh, there is something there. Like they're not being subtle about it at all, and he is like, "What the fuck? Like, I leave you, I leave you alone for a week, and now, you know, you're coming for my guy, and you know, and he's probably feeling, you know, pretty like upset about the fact that you know Kieran recoiled from him when they almost kissed, and mm-hmm. so he's he's quite tender right now. I would say it doesn't excuse his behavior. Mm. But it's a like, good point, though. Yeah, like he's he's not just kind of like, herder. Yeah, and he's the only one who's coming from a culture of like, I don't know, for lack of a better word, like free love. And, yeah, yeah. You know, Kieran's really repressed, but also Janelle's kind of like conservative. Mm-hmm. Like she has like these rigid gender roles where she's like, no, I'm a stallion. I have to do these things, and. Mm-hmm. Georgie's culture is like kind of monogamous. Like, it just, mm-hmm. yeah, it's it's kind of it's like it's a weird culture shock moment too. Definitely. So, but that's, they make it the out. swimming scene is great though. The what? Yeah. The the uh, 
dive into the water oh, scene. God. It's like something from like a like an eighties coming it's of so age uh, movie <laughs> where he's just like, "Don't say it, don't say it." She's like, "I can't swim." God damn it! <laughs> and this is where Teraith actually reads the room correctly mm. by calling her a chicken and <laughs> her afraid to get her to jump. <laughs> like just Kieran's reaction of immediately looking at Therese and being like, what are you doing? <laughs> and he's like, bah, 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 and then she <laughs> gets her to jump. That, uh, that was yeah. smart. Yeah, he does like a real Marty McFly on her. <laughs> they end up in the wrong place, they realize. But we already have a solution to that which we got in the previous chapter, which is actually there are fast travel points, so yeah. it's going to be okay. But yeah, it turns out they've been going through like a weird... It's not even a sewer. What is it? It's like a like a reservoir outlet. Yeah, yeah. Like an abandoned dam or something. Right. <laughs> it's just a weird reminder that like we're in these fantasy worlds, but this is not medieval. Mm. This is like there are aqueducts, and like this is it's a little mm. bit Roman, it's a little bit futuristic, yeah. and this is not. Yeah, yeah. It's a hodgepodge of different technologies and uh, ages. Yeah, yeah. I love Terry revealing he just like casually killed an alligator <laughs> right before Kieran oh, yeah. jumped. <laughs> I forgot about that. Yeah. Like after everything that happens, they all jump. Uh, into the water, and then Therese is just like, hey, help me uh, bring this alligator I had tucked away in. Because like, Kieran jumps, and Therese teases him. He's like, you don't know why I can't, like, it took me so long to come back up from the water. And Kieran blushes, of course. And he's like, I was like, oh, I'm glad you care. And Kieran's like, you asshole. <laughs> Splashes him in water. Which is what gave, made it get, like, have that, like, 80s coming of age like stand by me kind of vibe and then after all you know janelle jumps dervishar jumps where he he knows how to swim in theory and he has that note and he's like well the theory worked out <laughs> i read it in a book somewhere very Thervishar. and then it ends with like Therese being like oh yeah the reason why it took me so long to come up was that there was an alligator and i killed it let's see who's hungry yeah because they've just been basically eating like the kind of remains of the the pack animals which is like a couple days old at this point and not and really not much else so they are like super dehydrated and starving and and the food the morgagi gave them which was Mm. like grubs and mystery meat (laughs) (laughs) And there's like, don't think of, Karen's no. like, don't think about where this came from. You don't want to know. But like, we're we're about to go into the menal where bugs are also they're not as gross, but they're they're still food. Big, yeah. Juicy. Just, ugh. Tell me, tell me more about flatbreads, please. <laughs> yeah, the vane are yeah. odd. I think it was in these Cariel chapters where it was revealed that the Vane don't have an incest taboo. Mm-hmm. And I was just like, ooh, yeah. That's weird. Uh, and the other thing we learned about the Vane in these chapters is, uh, so Tareth explains that the Vane used magic to split themselves off from the Vorus, 
which is why they are still immortal. Because the Ivane are not actually one of the original immortal races or something. Um, Because the Voras became humans, I think? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, so... And the Manal Ivane had a further disagreement, Mm. which is why they're they're all goth and, like, dark-colored. Yes. And the Kirpus Ivane are, like, cotton candy babies. Yes. (laughs) This is a relatively short... Ten chapters, so if you're reading along, this is going to be a relatively short episode, and thanks for listening. The chapters do go by uh, fairly yeah. quickly. There's there's kind of montaging in both uh, scenes that we see. Josh, where can people find you? Or no, sorry, what are you reading? I'm reading uh, Nona the Ninth by, uh, I always forget, <laughs> I, how do you pronounce her name? You know, the Tamsin. Tamsin Muir is what I've been saying in my head. That's also what I've been saying in my head. Sounds right. Yeah. Yeah. So I'm reading Known of the Ninth by Tamsin Muir. Uh, By the time this comes out, the book will probably already be out. Oh, definitely. This this isn't coming out until 2023. Oh, okay. Yeah. The book is already out. Uh, It's probably great. The fourth book (laughs) might be almost out by the time. I'm like, I'm half like halfway through it. It's even more unhinged than the second book. Excellent. Um, Sheena, what? Uh, no, Steph, what are you reading? I forgot. What, uh, what am I reading? I'm actually in between a little bit right now because I just read uh, read Gideon and Harrow the Ninth, so I'm gonna start Nona. I think probably this week. Um, what else? Yeah, no, I kind of like finished a bunch of things. I am reading Lavender House, which is coming out in October, which is pretty fun so far. It's like a 1950s kind of Agatha Christie style mystery, but with queer people and soap. Uh, so it's fun so far. Who is the author? Lev A.C. Rosen. So, yeah. Um, yeah, no, I'm kind of in between. We're we're going to record a, an episode after this, which will have come out months ago at this point, <laughs> uh, in July, well, probably, yeah, August 2022. Jesus, that was a weird slip. <laughs> about uh, things I, I uh, about what we're kind of in the midst of reading, and I, I am in the midst between a bunch of books right now, so... If you read the Course of Dragon series, you will start losing time and gaining it back other places. <laughs> Don't know how it works, but we started yeah. this podcast and we're suddenly like, well, we're we're six months in the future, but also we're two <laughs> weeks in the past. So Enjoy our dank 2022 thoughts many <laughs> months in the future. <laughs> Please tell me it's better there. Yeah. It's not. <laughs> <laughs> Josh uh, yeah. is in more time zones than the rest of us. Yeah. Uh, Josh, what are no? Wait, did we do Josh? Yeah. We did Josh. We did Josh. We did. Wow, speaking None of losing of... time, Jesus. <laughs> None of us know what day it is. <laughs> right. What am I reading? I'm reading. I'm just finishing up uh, *Reluctant Immortals* by Gwendolyn Keist or Kist. Given the wealth of information on the internet, it is very bad that I have not looked up anybody's name <laughs> um, or the, the pronunciation thereof. Um, but it's about uh, Lucy from Dracula, uh, the girl, who, and uh, the 
the wife, Beatrice, from Jane Eyre, who's locked in the attic, and it's their their stories uh, get intertwined. It's really interesting, and it's set in the 1960s, so it's like okay. hippies and mer- it's very like if Charles Manson had a classic literature degree or an English <laughs> literature degree. <laughs> it's trippy. I like it. Do they kiss? There's a lot of homoeroticism, and I won't spoil between whom. So. But it's also, like, very nice friendship. Nice. Like, yeah. Okay, Josh, where can people find you? You can find me at Geekly Inc.'s reading section and at 405wits on Twitter. Steph, where can we find you? You can find me in all those same places at Steph O'Kingston. And you can find me in all those same places at Oladdy Girl. Hooray. Alright. Books. Books. Goodbye. <laughs> books. Come, books. Books. Come books. read with us. Yes. Yes. That. The good the good outro. Thank you for listening to No Page Unturned, part of the Geekly Inc. podcast family. If you like the show, please show us some love with a rating and review on your favorite podcast app. You can follow us on Twitter and Instagram at No Page Podcast. The show is edited by me, Steph Kingston. Our amazing theme music is by Bad Sparrow, and you can check them out at Bad Sparrow Music. And our cover art is by Chango Chimango, who you can check out on Instagram and Twitter at Chango Chimango.